0: Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I heard many years ago, a preacher made a decision. He said, I'm going to preach on corrupt language, dirty words, get our people to stop talking like that. And he decided on that Sunday to begin his sermon with a string of those dirty words. Now, he got their attention. But I think he lost their respect. But get ready. I'm going to do what he did. I have a dirty word for you. Cover the kids' ears. Submit. That's a dirty word. Right now, that's a word that nobody wants to listen to. Right now, the idea of submission makes you less of a person. Submission is hard. Submission is not a dirty word, but it is a dirty work. I want you to think with me for a few minutes today. This is our theme for the day. We consider the concept of submission. We began back in January a monthly look at godly leadership, studying cases of leaders in Scripture. And we come now to one of the more interesting, uh, unique situations. Turn, if you will, to Judges chapter 4, the text that was read for us, and this is where we will be in considering... uh, this judge, and then we will go to another passage to think about the concept of submission. I want to begin by noticing who this judge is, Deborah, called the wife of Lapidoth. Deborah was a unique judge. She was unique because obviously she was the only woman in the list of 14 judges. She is unique and special because there were seven of those men whom God called deliverers. He never said that about Deborah. There were two others whom God said, you're going to save my people. To Deborah, he never said that. These men led the armies of God against the enemy who had come upon them. She was not commissioned that way. She was unique. The time of the judges was an interesting time anyway. The people of God had come into the promised land and under the leadership of Joshua, they had come in possession of the land. But as we know from the book, there were many places in the Palestine land area, the promised land area, that they did not conquer. They did not fully do what God wanted them to do. When they come to the end of the book of Joshua and he died, then the people reverted They began to do the things that the nations around them were doing that they had not run out. In fact, God had said, that's why I want you to run them out, because I know that they will be a bad influence on you. When these enemies, then God brought to them because of their unfaithfulness... The people would cry out to God. He would hear them and He would raise up a judge for them. The period of time when Deborah began to do her judging. The Bible says of the people of God, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Isn't that the antithesis of submission? That is exactly opposite of what submission is. And in that time when people were doing their own thing, God had a woman named Deborah. Who judge the people. Another unique thing about her is she's the only one who had her own palm tree. It says that she sat under the palm of Deborah for the judging. Apparently this was a place that everybody knew. Palm trees were not that prolific in the area, and so this palm tree was called the Palm Tree of Deborah. This woman, this unique servant of God, was in fact a submissive leader. We can learn about submission from the life of Deborah. She was the woman who was submissive to God as a prophetess for God and judging the people. A prophet is one who speaks in behalf of God. That speech might include telling what's coming in the future. But it also tells what needs to be done in the present. And it might remind them of what was done in the past. This woman sat in judgment with the people of God. They would come and listen to her. And apparently her gift from God seems to have been the ability to hear what they had to say and then apply God's message to their situation. She was submissive to God doing what she needed to do. When God called and told her, okay, it's time. The people have called out to me. This army of Sisera is coming and I want you to call Barak. Why didn't Deborah lead. Deborah was willing to say, "Okay, God, I'll call Barak and let him lead the army." In fact, she said, "It's time. God called you. Hasn't God said for you to do this?" And it was fine with her to let somebody else take the lead on that necessary venture. If you know the story, you know that this man Barak decided, I don't want to do this unless you come. I don't want to be leading this army unless you are beside me. She agreed to go, but then she said, Because of your attitude, because of this situation, you're not going to get credit for this battle. Again, if you know the story, the people of God routed the army of Sisera, outnumbered 10 to 1, 10,000 to 100,000, and he had 900 chariots. Sisera ran. In his running, he came to a tent of another woman by the name of Jael. She invited him in. She gave him water, gave him milk, gave him a place to lie down and take a rest, posing as a friend. And then while he was asleep, she took a tent peg and fastened his head to the ground. And Barak did not get credit for having defeated Sisera. It was Jael who won. Even though Barak led the army, Jael stood out in history. She did what Barak was called to do and could have done had he decided to do his job. So now, What does it mean to be submissive? We talk about submission. What are we talking about? I don't want to talk about the way that we argue and discuss and and fight and, and, and the way it looks nasty in the public view. I want you to see it in the life of Deborah. Submissive leadership is what we're talking about. Not just submission in general, but I'm talking today about submission as it fits those who lead. Notice with Deborah what submissive leadership is it means you serve first. God has never called anybody to do something for him who was just sitting down doing nothing. When God calls a leader, he calls a leader who is busy somehow, some way. Who has already established himself or herself in some way. So God calls them because they are already serving. Submissive leadership is already displaying submission by serving first. Number two, they serve in their own unique way. There are many things that we could say about figuring out why did God do what He did as it relates to shepherds of local churches. We can read all the statements about what God says shepherds are and who they are. And trying to figure out why they are that way, we could make a lot of guesses, but here are some thoughts. When we see shepherds in local congregations, there are always a plurality. I think it's because of the unique abilities that people have. And you put those unique abilities together and you have a much greater leadership opportunity. Everyone serves in their own unique way, and all of the shepherd groups that I have worked with in these years have had their personalities that connect and do and work, and and they find their way to, to be a part of this thing in a way that fits that group and fits this church. Submissive leaders submit to their own unique ways and therefore to the unique leadership abilities of the others in that shepherding group. Number three, submissive leadership is okay with not getting credit, it's okay. One statement that I have kept on my desk, or now it's in the top drawer, a statement I read many, many years ago where it said, Of a leader, when the task is done and the people say, We did it ourselves, that's a great leader. Deborah didn't mind not getting credit. Here's an interesting fact to me. Until I studied for this lesson, I'd never even really considered it. You know what Hebrews 11 is about, right? That list of the hall of fame of faith. Those men and women, many of them by name, others by reputation and just generalities. But there are some names listed there of Old Testament characters who were great servants of God, great leaders. You know who's mentioned in that list? Barak. You know who's not listed in that list? Deborah. It's okay with her. I thought about this a lot. Have you ever heard the term female ego? Neither have I. I've heard the term male ego. I've lived the term male ego. And if you were not covered by masks, I would see you smiling. You guys saying, yeah, and you women saying, yeah. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting? This woman didn't have an ego. She was just a servant. But she stands as a great leader. Deborah displays strength under control meekness if every leader could learn to be like deborah if every leader was a submissive leader Willing to be strong but under control, avoiding the ego, putting yourself there at the service of those whom you lead. Deborah is that submissive leader. And then Deborah wrote a song that began by extolling the praise of submission. Our text for today, look at chapter 5, verse 2. Look at the points that Deborah makes. Number one, when leaders lead in Israel. When they do it. That's... Implying that leadership is submission. Leadership is submission. When leaders lead, the implication is that's what they're supposed to do. That's what God called them to do. That's their job. When they do it, it means they're being submissive to the things that God wants them to do. When leaders lead. Leadership, by definition is submissive. Leadership submits to God. Leadership submits to the needs and the things that are right for a congregation, not necessarily in line with the individual's thoughts, but it's the congregational thought. Number two, submission is voluntary. When leaders lead, when the people willingly offer themselves. Now, tonight, we're going to, to notice the difference between forced submission and free will submission. And notice what this text says. People willingly offer themselves. And if leaders submit in their leadership, they set the example for those whom they lead who will follow in turn, being submissive in their roles because they have seen it in those who lead. Submissive leadership. Inspires submission amongst those they lead. And number four, or number three, the text says, Bless the Lord. It honors God. Submission honors God. What is the number one command in the Old Testament? Jesus said, Love god when we are submissive people in that submission lifestyle we are honoring god now third and finally this other text matthew chapter 20. i want you to notice The difference that happens. When people don't understand, when leaders don't understand submissive leadership, they don't understand properly what God wants. Here is the point submissive leadership or godly leadership is submission driven, not superior driven. Now, those who think about, about leadership as a superior-driven concept, what do they think? How do they look at it? Well, here it is. That occasion when James and John's mother came to Jesus. Chapter 20. Jesus said, what do you want? grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and one on your left in your kingdom notice what she said grant it superior driven leadership thinks that you just confer leadership on someone they don't have to prove themselves in fact maybe they're just born into it maybe mom and dad were and therefore Well, that doesn't necessarily fly. And her whole point was, just grant it to them. Just give it to them. She didn't say anything about they have earned it, they have deserved it, they have shown how much they qualify. She said, grant it to them. And those who have a superior driven mindset, they just want it to be conferred. Number two, they think of it as a position. You get the right, you get the left. Do you want this? Jesus said, yes, we do. Can you drink what I'm going to drink? Yes, we can. It's a position. It's a place to say, look where I am. Sometimes there are men who serve as deacons who serve in name only. They have a position but they don't do a work. Sometimes there are men who serve or want to serve shepherding the local church, but they want the position, not the work. It's not a position. And number three, when the apostles heard what was going on, what did they do? They got jealous because they wanted the honor. I believe, honestly, what was going on, I believe they were going, oh man, they thought of it before we did. Well, now we have to scramble to get our best places. People who think of leadership as superior driven want the honor that comes. That's why they're there. It's about them. But what is Submissive submissive leadership. Start in verse 25. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Leadership needs to be submissive first to God, and second to those whom they lead leading in what is right and good and needful the whole concept of submission is something that every one of us needs as we lead our own lives i don't know about you but during this crazy time i've had to learn more about submission Because there's a lot of stuff going on. And there are a lot of things that I would like to see done differently. But it's an opportunity to be submissive. For example, there are people who want to be here. But because they have, they have responsibilities to people who are in the high category of being infected. They want to be here, but they don't want to take a chance of taking that there. Therefore, if all of us submit to what is needed and what's been asked, they feel better. And they're more likely to be here. They want to be. And so if we just all wear our masks, stay apart, don't force ourselves on people who want to stay back, we learn to think of the other person. And I'll admit, it has not been easy for me But we need to do it. We need to do it for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is this is what our shepherds have asked us to do. It's not outrageous. It doesn't impinge our lives in significant ways. We learn to submit. That's just one example of the concept of submission. Let us be people who are willing to submit. I close with this thought. If I don't have a submissive attitude, then I won't be God's servant. He only takes submissive people. God wants me to give myself to him and every opportunity we have to learn that quality will help us in our spiritual lives the religious world is just not willing to say okay the Bible does teach you who believes and is baptized will be saved that's submission I can't teach anything else I can't say anything else that's it And if I want to come into a saved relationship with God, that's it. There's no other way. I must submit to that. Today, if you're not a child of God, if you're wanting to be in that family, if you're wanting to come back with the Lord leading you, those of us who are here, we'll pray for you. If you're online and you want us to help and pray with you, we're always willing while we stand and sing together.